Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is Man Buns and Jesus, season four, episode Who Cares? We're almost to season five. We actually we started planning for season five, which should shock most of you. If if you've ever listened to this before and you know how we approach the planning process. For those of you who are new, there is no planning process, and that's how we approach it. Um, but before we get to season five, which is kind of intentional, we're not sharing the topic yet, um, but we're going to bring a lot of guests on. We're going to talk through some stuff. But before we get there, and kind of this summer when we were uh, working through what we're going to do for season five, we're going through the wisdom literature. We're going through parts of, of the Proverbs and other wisdom books. Did I ever even say the name of the show? This is Man Buns and Jesus, by the way. <laughs> I'm your host, Josh Laborious. I'm a little spacey sometimes. And uh, but peek behind the curtain here. This show comes out tomorrow as we're recording this. It's a Monday. Josh and I both have a case of the Mondays. It is. It is a Monday. Oh, I'm Pastor Ben Olschlager. I don't know if Josh ever said that. I did not say that. I most certainly did not say that because I didn't head. struggle mentally to decide what illustrious titles I was going to bestow upon you, regardless of whether or not you deserve them. <laughs> um, Chief of Sinners, though I be. That's the only title I want. Well, I'm going to give you plenty other ones. Uh, some of them will not make it onto a recording for important reasons. But today, digressing from all of that nonsense, we are in Proverbs. We're going all the way back to Proverbs 1, actually, starting at verse 8. This is the section labeled, The Enticement of Sinners. Solomon writes, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. And Ben is just jamming over there. So where, where are we going with this, Ben? So there's... There's a delicate balance uh, most Christians know as the, the debate between being in the world versus of it, right? And that applies to all sorts of things. That's could be as simple as your music choices, which don't trust Josh and I for any music re recommendations. 
We'll give you good ones. Hey. But we, Josh, our taste in music is like Marmite. I stand by Ben or Devin Burmeister's uh, <laughs> old school, bringing it back old school jams Rocket League playlist because it it may be the greatest playlist that has ever been constructed in the history of, of playlists. And I'll stand by it and I'll tell that to anybody who will listen. That's a bold take. I don't even know if it's a public playlist, so you might not even be able to listen to it, but it's the greatest, I assure you. Anyway, <laughs> Josh, our, our musical taste tends to be like Marmite, which is a very love it or hate it food. Um, I don't, I shouldn't assume most of our audience knows what Marmite is. I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds gross, though. It's Australian for interesting paste. Um, I have no desire to try that. Good. Anyway, um, but in things like music, we have to determine, you know, at what point are we just enjoying a beautiful thing versus are we falling into something that is, is leading us in places we shouldn't go? We have to have these kinds of discussions all over the place. One of those places we need to have that discussion is on the company we keep. Uh, Josh and I, keeping each other's company is, I think, a good thing. I don't know. We might egg each other on in some in some, ne some negative ways. But there are people in our lives that most of us at some point or another have said, they're just not a good influence on me. So what do we do with those relationships? How do we maintain them? Do we maintain them? What's, what's godly and pleasing? Uh, and what's just a fool's errand for us to keep trying, right? Solomon's trying to give us his answer here. And Solomon, to some extent in the Proverbs, lives a little bit in black and white. Yeah. So we're going to try and give you the gray. Well, and I think... I, well, this, this is not up for debate. I think this is just reality. I think I am much more comfortable living in black and white than most pastors. Because I... While I will concede, there are a lot of things that we would say, this is kind of in the gray, like you can argue both ways. I think there are a lot of things that we say, this is gray, and it's not. We're just uncomfortable with calling it black or white. Um, and I think this could, that I'm, I'm still processing this, but I think this might be an example of that. Um, because if you have reached the point that Solomon is talking about here, where this person or these people are enticing you into sin. It's not a, like, that's not a great situation. If they are enticing you to sin, you're out, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't be tying yourself with them. But I think before you get to that point is when you need to have that, the gray discussion, because 
there, there's this question of what is being accomplished with the relationship. So to go back to Ben's example of like our music tastes and and you could you could say the same thing for my tastes in television. I watch <laughs> a lot of shows that are just they don't have a lot of redeeming qualities. These are shows like Family Guy and Rick and Morty. Like <laughs> I'm not going to argue for the, the benefits of these shows except for Family Guy, Rick and Morty, and especially South Park can, like, I, I am convinced one of, the, they're one of the best ways to get the temperature of large swaths of the culture by reading into the jokes that they're making at any given time. So my argument for those is that enhances my ability as pastor as preacher to connect with people especially to connect with people who who operate in different circles than i do um a very fundamental example i can't tell you how many times an older person has made a reference to an old show or movie that i have never seen but i get the reference and if if they drill down and ask me well have you seen that the answer is no but Family Guy once did a bit about it. So I get the gist of what the whole thing about, <laughs> right? And it's a similar the thing Simpsons with did it first. relationships. Are you engaging in a relationship with someone who, let's call them unsavory, with the hopes, with the intention of influencing them in a better way? And this is what Ben alluded to earlier, that idea of in the world but not of the world because we're not called to just disengage and separate ourselves from everything because we are called to be the salt of the earth we're called to be lights to the world we're called to witness to the gospel of jesus christ to everything he has commanded us to do and it's really hard to do that if you're not in the same room as people who need to hear that message mm -hmm. okay um, but at the same time, there is there are calls like this throughout scripture of if you have people who are constantly, I mean, and it gets the, the language gets kind of extreme at one point and says, even if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So much more for a, a person in your life. And this is something I'd love to hear your take on, Ben, and that's how how do you determine who is influencing who like if i'm in if i'm a friend of someone who is unsavory i think that's the word i'm going to stick to this podcast how do i know when in that relationship i'm bringing them closer to christ versus in that relationship i'm becoming more and more unsavory myself that's a good question um I think the place to start is foundational. And by that, I mean, you enter into any sort of relationship with the world, whether it's in your musical taste, uh, in your preferences for entertainment, or in your, your relationships that you keep with 
a bedrock understanding of uh, yourself, your faith, the world. And if you engage with those things, with those foundational understandings intact, then it's probably not doing you harm. I'm not going to speak in certainties on any of this because it's let's pretty be honest. contextual stuff. It is, it is pretty contextual stuff. So I'll give you an example. Um, I like Lincoln Park. Love Lincoln Park. Um, Would you say that they, they're crawling in your skin? <laughs> these wounds, they cannot heal. Um, or they will not heal. Um, oh, hold on, Ben. You're, you're getting lost in the echo. You better check your mic. I'm going to leave. I'm done. I, I, I feel bad about that one. I continue with your point, Ben. As we reach the shadow of the day, Josh finally <laughs> circles us back. Um, For anyone who is culturally illiterate, those are <laughs> all references to Linkin Park songs. Yeah. Um, so educate to, yourself. To circle back, I don't think any of the members of Linkin Park are professed Christians. Um, some of them have, you know, better ethical reputations than others. Um, I honestly can't think of any of them that have really gone off the rails on anything. They've certainly struggled with addiction and depression in the band. But I don't think there's like super unsavory guys in that group. That being said, their music is not Christian. But it speaks to strong realities in the world. Um, there's a lot of, of like pent up anger and pain and frustration that gets expressed to their music. And on some levels, hope. There are some of their songs that have a deep sense of hope. Uh, or or love or care, um, and as I listen to that with my Christian perspective, with my Christian understanding of the world, I can see the beauty in what they are seeing in creation, or I can see the pain that they are expressing at the fallenness of the world, and I can enjoy that for what it's worth. Well, and. What's and I'm sure David Lewis would have a field day with this. Um, but there's some ins and this we're kind of diving. Stop me if I'm going too specific with the uh with this particular example, but like there's a song by Lingham Bart called What I've Done. I think <laughs> it was in one of the Transformers, so it got it got pretty yeah. popular. It was on the album Minutes to Midnight. You can look it up. It's it's pretty heavy. So if you don't like loud music, this is not going to be up your your alley. But the lyrics are, "What I let mercy come and wash away what I've done. I'll face myself to cross out what I've become, erase myself, and let go of what I've done." Yeah, that doesn't scream gospel proclamation, and that is not what was intended at all. I I no. almost guarantee it. However. There is this echo through their music of yeah. There is this human need for a grace, yeah. That lets go of everything that we've done, yeah. And and for them, this is like 
again, they, they battled addiction, they battled uh, substance abuse. So for them, this process is addiction. The, the things addiction led me to, going through recovery, washing away the, the person you knew as an addict and facing the, the sober and um, healed version of myself. That's what they are speaking to. But in the end, they portray that in a sense that, as Josh said, like you get a pretty clear picture of, of hope, of gospel, of new life. And like, it's a microcosm of what Christ does for us in the cross. And that's pretty beautiful. But all of this to say, as now we've talked about my Lincoln Park fandom for the last, I don't know, 10 minutes. Um, it's fine. Everything's fine. As we engage in relationships, we can do much the same thing. We start with those foundational elements, our understanding of ourselves, of God, of the world that we live in. And we move into relationship with people, even people within the church, right? Because we are all sinners. We are all sinners. And there might be people in the church struggling with their own sins that entice us into those sins. So this isn't necessarily a, a matter of Christian versus non-Christian in my mind. This is a matter of like who is going to benefit you in relationship. Or who can you benefit? Yes. Yeah. So if, if the sins, um, I'm not even going to go that far down the road yet because I'm jumping out of myself. So getting into relationship with people, there are different levels of relationship we get into with people, right? There's, I'm going to have this person as a deep, close friend. I feel like I can share almost anything, anything with, like, we can confess our sins to one another and we know that we are going to receive grace and forgiveness and hope from the other. They're going to build us up to do what God is calling us to do rather than try and tear us down and all of that. Um, there are some people that we enter into relationship with where um, we enjoy doing things with them, but like you're not there for a deep and substantial relationship you're there because you share an interest, you share a hobby, and no one else you know will really do it with you. <laughs> um, yeah, that happens. And, and then, go ahead. And then the last kind of relationship in my mind is a relationship with someone um, that you are trying to assist purely for the sake of assisting them. Um, this might be, you know, a classmate that you know is hurting and angry and bitter and you know, pissed at the world, um, whatever the case may be. Um, and in all of this, you want to form a relationship with them so you have an opportunity to speak hope into all of that. And that's, that's one scenario. It could be 
you know, a coworker that's struggling with uh, a sense of, of enoughness. It could be a family member that is uh, wrestling with just being a parent. It could be uh, a neighbor that um, doesn't feel a sense of responsibility towards the other neighbors in the neighborhood. It could be uh, somebody at your church that that doesn't understand the like finer points of loving and serving neighbor. Um, like there are all sorts of these kinds of relationships that we could enter into. And again, to me, as we enter in, we come in with those foundational elements. If we can, if we can do some good in that relationship, great. But we can't always. And if we recognize as Solomon is kind of pointing out here in the proverb uh, that we're starting to be like more like them than they are like what God is calling them to be then we should probably step back from that relationship so I had one thought when you were going through that, and then I had another thought, and then I had thought 1A. So I'm going to start with thought two. Okay. Thought two is quick and easy, and that is you can be someone's friend mm-hmm. and they not be your friend. Yeah. In that, and, and like I've, I've had many examples of this in my own life where there are people who, who have come to me for advice, for wisdom, for emotional support, whatever. If you ask them, uh, by most definitions of the word, they would say, yes, Josh is my friend. If you would ask me at the same time, I would say, I am a friend to this person. Mm -hmm. Because under no circumstances would I have gone to that person for advice or wisdom or or emotional support. Like, I was happy to support them. I would never have relied on them for the same. And in I think those situations, just to clarify something here for you, Josh, you're using like Jesus sense of the word friend here, right? Someone willing to lay down their life for the other. Yes. Small yes. scale, big scale, whatever the case yes. may be. Yes. You take kind a bullet a for those people. Love kind of idea. But you don't trust them to do the same for you. Yes, exactly. And part of that is because of these kind of fundamental the fundamentals going in, I, I have known people in my life who I know if I went to them for advice, it would not be grounded in. in <laughs> yep. I'm yep. happy to give them advice. I'm more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Not going to ask them for the same. And what that brought up is um, for those of you who aren't really into theology at all, I feel like even if you just tip dip your pinky in the toe, this is problem. You're your pinky in the water your toe in the water pinky in the no the the phrase is toe toe in toe in the pond toe in the water if you're dipping the john wick phrase is toe in the if you dip so much as a toe into that pond or a pinky into that pond it doesn't matter if if you are familiar at all with theology this has probably come up and that is uh, Niebuhr's Christ and culture views. Okay. 
And I'd like to go through these five. And I actually, I have two very, very different ways that I think they can help us think about our relationships with other people. And especially people who are unsavory. us to go down roads we shouldn't. Okay. So his categories, the first one is Christ against culture. This is kind of if it's culture outside the church, it is bad. It is not redeemable. We should avoid it completely. Okay. As you, as we're going through this list, I'm almost certain that somebody will pop up into your mind from your life for just about each of these categories. Like this is how they approach these things. Resist the urge to go tell them how they're wrong. Okay. Yeah. That's not what we're here for today. Yes. Um, we'll have those conversations later. Yeah, so, and then we have the Christ of culture, and this is kind of very much the opposite of that, and that is we are going to adapt Christian truth. We're going to adapt our faith to fit the culture around us. Then you have Christ above above culture, which is kind of the attitude that culture is pretty good. It just needs to be refined a little bit and shaped a little bit. Um and it does, it, it holds Christ kind of as the higher standard. And then there's Christ and culture and paradox. This is really, this is typically attributed as a very Lutheran way to view it. Um, it sees culture and human culture as a good creation that has been broken by sin. So as a result, there's this tension where we embrace some parts of culture and we re reject other parts of it. Um, and then there's Christ, the transformer of culture. And these are kind of we are going to force culture into conformity with Christ. Um, and the reason, because we're not talking about culture today, the reason I bring this up is kind of to look at this through two lenses. Um, and the first is we can look at potential friendships in this same lens. Like when you're thinking about unsavory characters, which of these do you say, is it a Christ against, well, against it, where we say they're unsavory, we're going to avoid it completely. And with that, I would say that's, that's not biblical, because we're called the witness to people. Um, a Christ of culture says, I'm going to do what I can to fit in with this relationship with the unsavory person. Um, again, Solomon's pretty clear that that's a bad idea here in Proverbs 1. You have Christ above culture, which the parallel for friendship would be kind of, well, most people are, are pretty good. They just need to be refined. And for some, for some relationships, that might be true, right? They might just need to be shaped a little bit. The Christ and culture and paradox, you look at relationships with people outside the faith as there are going to be some good parts that we can embrace and we can join in together. And there are going to be some bad parts that I got to stay away from, um, shouldn't really come as a shock to anyone that the Lutheran pastor says that sounds like a pretty good way to approach things. Uh, take what you can and, and leave the rest. Um, and then Christ, the transformer of culture, which in this instance in friendship maybe is the best option. And that is the, the parallel would be, I'm going to do my best to bring this person to faith and to bring them into increasing conformity with the will of God. Okay. So if you're looking at what's my attitude uh, towards friendship with unbelievers, with unsavory people, with people who are outside of uh, faithfulness, I think there are a couple ways that you can kind of look at those relationships um, 
fairly and, and your attitude can be appropriate. Um, specifically the Christ and culture and paradox kind of mentality and the Christ and friendship, uh, like Christ and a transformational friendship kind of sense. Um, but then as, as you continue talking, Benjamin, uh, I thought of another way that this could be helpful. And that is helping to categorize relationships in general because Christ against culture, there are some relationships that you should just steer clear of. There are some people that you are not going to change. You are not going to help them be more faithful at all. They are just going to drag you down with them. And in that instance, yeah, you should, you should stay away from that. Um, there are some instances where people may look a little different and, but it's not really conflicting with the faith. So maybe you take a Christ of culture attitude and you're like, you know what? I can fit in with these people, even though we don't have the same foundation, because um, it's a very surface level thing. Uh, Christ above culture, people who are pretty close, maybe you're going to shape them a little bit, um, and and they're going to be uh, good. Christ and culture and paradox, there are some people in your life, uh, like Ben was talking about, where you spend time with them for some things, and for other things, you're like, I'm going to stay home. I will see you next time, if you survive. <laughs> um, and then Christ, the transformer of culture, maybe you're blessed enough to be in some of those relationships where you are going to completely transform someone's life and you're going to be a tool for the Holy Spirit to work faith. So fascinatingly enough, these five categories, I am skeptical of their helpfulness in the Christ and culture conversation. I am, I think they're very helpful in the uh, Christians and, uh, and friends conversation so look at that boom and thank you to this website for having good summaries of those five categories so i didn't have to open the book so circling back to the idea of it being black and white versus gray i think to me as i'm reading this the black and white version is as you're reading the proverb yeah they're reading the proverb um, the black and white version of this is Solomon saying, if there's someone that you know to be a rascal, a rapscallion. Oh, you rapscallion. A, a, uh, a ne'er-do-well. Yeah. Uh, if they just, you know, act in a That's fool. going in the title, by the way. I got to double check that I spell it right, but. Okay. Um, avoid them. That, I mean, Solomon, it's, it seems clear as day. But, again, Josh, what title did I give myself at the beginning of this podcast? I, I, have no, I don't remember. Dude, come on. Be that listening. Was like 30 minutes ago. Ugh, Chief of Sinners. Oh, yeah. Yeah? That's taken, though, by the way copycat we can all do one all said it first well he said it in aramaic or greek or whatever whatever language you happen to be speaking at the time i'm not claiming it exclusively okay have you ever heard never mind continue point being 
<clears throat> it's real easy to be a jerk. Episode one. Yeah, episode one. Uh, yeah, season one, episode but one. I'm starting to teach at Irvine tomorrow, and I have assigned that episode as homework for my students. <laughs> because we're doing a lot of discussion in the class, and I felt like that would be... <laughs> A good, a good foundation for me to get the okay. point across. Don't be a, don't be a jerk. I need, I need to hear your students' response to that once it comes out, because that's that is, mm, peak. Um, anyway, it's like, it's really easy to be a jerk. It's really easy to be uh, a sinner. We all are. So, if, if the black and white instruction is don't hang out with sinners well who's left right jesus thank you yes there is jesus awesome. left um but the reality is you can't get through life unless you live in the alaskan wilderness in a cabin on your own and i'm not saying that's what you should do yeah wouldn't advise it it sounds no. terrible or if you want to live like a like first to third century ascetic in the desert um which some of them had some good writing Alaska? Anyway. neither of neither of those is a great option but point being there's no way we can avoid interacting with others there will always be need to interact with others there will always be need for relationship. So how do we live, live in the gray of knowing those we're interacting with are sinners? And how do we live in the gray of knowing we need to figure out where our boundaries are? We need to figure out where um, it's a good idea to get into a relationship where it's a bad idea. And, and I'm going to circle back to this idea. You start with your foundation. You got to know yourself to some extent too. Um, I'm prone to procrastinating. Shocker, right? So it's not a great idea for me to be friends with other like hardcore procrastinators. Josh is not one of those people. Uh, at least not for the most part. Not generally. Not unless I really don't want to do something. Then I will find other things to do first. Yeah. I time pressure is about one of the only things that can like strongly motivate me enough to to do things that I don't want to do. Well, so... you know what they say. Pressure makes diamonds. <sighs> <laughs> That's how I wrote the second chapter of my dissertation. I have a joke that I'm going to tell you when we're done. Um, Come anyway. on then, let's wrap this up. Point being, you have to know yourself well enough. You have to know your foundations well enough to know that if you enter into a relationship, it's not going to cause you problems. Or if you have engaged in a relationship because you didn't know something about the person you were engaging in that relationship with that could be a problem in the future, 
you have to know well enough to cut it off, right? Um, an example of that, um, if you succumb easily to peer pressure and you enter into a relationship as a friend with someone that um, you don't see as having a lot of bad habits, so there's not a lot that they can really peer pressure you into, um, and then you find out that they're actually like daily doing double doses of LSD, uh, just for, you know, kicks and giggles. Um, they're doing a lot more than kicking and giggling, my guy. I know, right? Um, <laughs> you should maybe step back from that relationship because peer pressure, like, I'm going to take the gray out of that. If you are bad at resisting peer pressure and you have a friend who regularly does hard drugs, do not be their friend anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I, that's all I'm saying is like, know yourself well enough and your foundations well enough to know where the line is and whether or not you need to be in that relationship. And you might always know not, you might not always know entering in, but you're going to find out eventually. And you have to be ready to cut ties. Yep. Sometimes completely, sometimes mostly. Which sounds harsh, but you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I've probably used this example before on, on the podcast, but when it comes to church discipline, like the harshest thing as a church we can do is excommunicate someone. It's meant to be out of love, but we're cutting someone off from their community, right? But within that, we're also called to maintain a thread of connection. You're not called to, to completely cast that person out into the darkness with no hope of return. You're meant to cast that person out into the darkness and then shine a light in their direction every once in a while and see if they've recognized that they're living in darkness and have need for light. Okay, I, Jimbo, we get it. Yeah. My wife got home, so my dog's very excited now. Oh, good, good. Um, I do, yeah. in, in that last point that Ben made, uh, he had to say, to the point, four separate times, because we digress so much. That does not say great things about our focus, my guy. Yeah, it's a Monday. But Jesus still loves us, so that's good. Yeah, it's, it's appreciated. It's very much appreciated. Yes. So, um, ready for takeaways? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's the least certain you've ever been about takeaways. Yeah, I feel like there's one last piece of advice that I would, well, I would dole out here. Advice. So, again, you know, I just mentioned like there might be times where you have to cut off relationship, and as we said, that could be harsh, but it shouldn't necessarily always dictate the end of a relationship completely. It just might mean you know it's going to change for a season. Um, but there will also be times where we do need to cut off relationship completely. And especially for my perfectionists or uh, those who think that they can tackle every problem the world's ever thrown at them, 
Um, I know that there are some of you out there. Know that there are things where you are supposed to give up. There's a great song about it too. It's called I Give Up. It's uh it's a track in Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Yeah. Great song about giving up. Some sometimes you just gotta do it. You don't have to sing about it though. That's optional. Yeah. You you don't have to fix all the world's problems. Know your limitations, know your foundations. God's got the rest. Yep. So on to takeaways, other than the takeaway that our focus is wavering at some points. Um, I think the takeaway I want to leave with you guys is just be aware, pay attention to who is influencing you, who in your various relationships and what that influence is doing. Because it's almost inevitable that someone is going to be rubbing off on someone else. Just make sure it's in a way that's bringing people, yourself included, closer to God and not further away. Benjamin? I think my takeaway is that I just remembered I used cat urine as an image in the first episode of this podcast. Nope, it was day. cat feces. It was cat feces? I thought it was cat urine. I thought it was a bottle of cat urine versus a bottle of whiskey. Nope. Nope. It was a bag of cat feces? Darn. Yeah. And it it had legs, man. That I think it made an appearance in episode two as well. So well, now it's showed up again here two years later. <laughs> yeah, that's what dreams are made of. Oh man. Anyway, um, my real takeaway um, is these things are not like a one one and done situation. Um, you don't enter a relationship knowing everything about it, knowing that it's going to be great, knowing that it's going to be what you want it to be. Um, you will have to reassess along the way, and you need to be ready to do that. Don't assume that because of a friendship has been strong in the past, it's going to be strong in the future. Because as sinners, there will be times where we are capable of being what we need to be for each other, and there are times where that's not the case. Um, so don't assume the, the, the relationship you've had will, will be the same one that you always will have. Um, but I think you can have a little more faith in your Christian brothers and sisters to maintain, hopefully, most of the integrity that they've had in the past um, moving forward. Um, Lean into your Christian community, lean into the, the support that they can be, lean into the relationship that they can be, um, and receive Christ's love and forgiveness from one another. Yeah. That com- and that community can be great when you're questioning other relationships you have, because they're going to have a pretty good um, bird's eye view of what's been going on with you. So absolutely yeah, definitely lean into that community. And uh with that, like, share, subscribe, whatever, buy our t-shirts, go in peace, 
serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.